bloated and tired and you don't know why you ate so much food, you're not going to feel like that in about 15 hours. So treasure it. came across uh, an old book. I was cleaning out some of my shelves. And there was a book that I had purchased when I was a university student in Israel. Small little book. It was written by an Israeli general named Yigal Alon. And I want to share the story with you from this book. In May of 1948, as the British control of Palestine was coming to its end, the British handed the city of Tzfat, up north in Israel, they handed the city of Tzfat over to the Arabs. From that moment on, the city's Jewish population came under siege and began a relentless attack against the Jewish quarter of the city of Tzfat. The Grand Mufti, the head of the Arab community, announced his plan to make Tzfat the capital city of Arab Palestine, and he promised to slaughter all of the Jews in the city. At the same time, this Israeli commander named Yigal Alon was proposing a bold plan to rescue the city. And at the moment that he was formulating this bold plan using special forces and regular army forces, he received an urgent message from a nearby Moshav settlement called Ramot Naftali. Arab forces, they told him, were attacking the small Moshav and they threatened to overrun the community. The Moshav, they said, could not hold out any longer. They needed assistance immediately. So Alone was facing a serious dilemma. On one hand, he realized that if he divided his forces to send help to the defenders of, of Ramot Naftali, he wouldn't have enough men to launch an attack and free the Jewish quarter of Tzfat. On the other hand, if he didn't send men to the Moshav, he might very well be standing by as dozens of Jews are murdered. Alone had a difficult decision to make. Save the Jews of Tzfat or save the people of Ramot Naftali. In his mind, he thought he couldn't do both. He goes on writing in his memoirs that he wrote of leaving his command tent and going for a walk and when he came back, he radioed the Moshav and he told them that they must hold out as long as they could with whatever they had. His hope was that by attacking the city of Tzfat, that he would draw the Arab forces away from the Moshav and they would send them back to the city to help defend it. But as the Arab heavy artillery rained heavier down on the Moshav, they radioed him again this time asking for permission to abandon the settlement, and alone said no. He said, you stand your ground and you fight as long as you can. But there's a deeper story to the story. Some of the defenders of that moshav, of that settlement, had served under Ord Wingate, the British war hero, the Bible-believing Zionist, and a leader of the early Jewish forces in then Palestine. Wingate was also a devout Christian who consulted his Bible that he carried all the time 
for battle strategy. And he was convinced that the Bible foretold the prophecy of bringing the Jewish people back to the land of Israel. He left England for Palestine to train the Jewish fighters. He helped organize the Haganah, the early Jewish militia. militia. And Yigal alone, the commander, himself trained under Wingate. Wingate would die in a plane crash in 1944, and he wouldn't live to see the state founded. But now in the May of 1948, those Wingate-trained men faced almost certain death as they prepared to defend their position against overwhelming odds. And Alone's hands were tied, and he couldn't send forces, but he did send a few small planes to drop supplies and ammunition and weapons to the embattled settlement. And when Wingate's widow, her name was Lorna, when she heard the situ situation her late husband's men faced, she heard that they planned an airdrop to the men down on the, fight, on the fighting field, but that no reinforcements would be sent. So she decided to help the airdrop. That morning, she stepped into a plane that was meant to drop the supplies. And as they circled over the settlement, she leaned out of the window and looked down at the men fighting for their lives and the lives of their family. And then she gently dropped a special parcel out of the window down below. And the men of remote Naphtali looked to the sky and they small, saw a small parcel billowing down to the earth. They went over and opened it and they immediately recognized what it was. It was her late husband's Bible. She wrote a letter of encouragement of faith and hope and tucked it inside. Those men took the courage from the sky and they would go to surrender not an inch of ground from that moment on. Not only did they hold their ground, but they also held on to the Bible. Wingate's Bible that dropped from the heavens down to earth to this very day is at, the, is at the museum of Kibbutz Ein Harod. And I sometimes think that we find moments like this in our life where things drop from heaven showing us the message that we need to hear. Since we began this evening about journeys, who can forget the question asked at the end of Schindler's List? At the very end of the movie, Schindler's Jews are sitting outside the factory on a hill when a Russian soldier on horseback approaches them. Have you been to Poland, they ask. He says, yes, I just came from Poland. Are there any Jews left, they wonder. And he's silent. And so they ask him, where should we go? Don't go east, he says. That's for sure. They hate you there. And I wouldn't go west either if I was you. The next scene is the only one in the movie shot in full color. Three generations of Schindler Jews on a hill in Jerusalem. The Shana Babi Yerushalayim, next year in Jerusalem we say, because in our hearts we must never not know the answer to where, where should we go? With Israel, we can go east and we can go west. With Israel, we can go north and we can go south. 
no matter how many Charlottesvilles there are. With Israel, there should be no fear, only hope. This is the moment where we do our bond appeal. And before you is a card. When you purchase an Israel bond, it is not a donation. It is an investment that pays a guaranteed return. On that card are tabs with different dollar amounts for you to pledge. I want you to look at the number that you feel comfortable with. And then what I want you to do is to look at the number just below it. The one that you squirm a little bit at. And that's the number I want us to choose. Tonight, we remember that you will never find a truer investment in your life than investing in what you believe in. Gamar Chatima Tova. May you all should be blessed for a year of health and happiness and goodness and success and love. You and the people you love, our people, and the state of Israel. We'll take a few moments for the ushers to pass around with the boxes to collect your pledges. Thank you.